Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Welcome back, folks, to Paranormal Heart Podcast, and happy Halloween! Folks, this episode is a little different. I'm joined by longtime friends and hosts of Paratooth Radio, Justin and Eric. We did a kind of two-parter for our Halloween shows this year. You can listen to us here, then go on over to Paratooth Radio, where you'll find us continue our conversation. They are standalone episodes, so it doesn't matter which one you listen to first. If you do go over to their show, let them know that I sent you. I do have to say we had way too much fun doing this episode with lots of laughter. We discussed the origins of Halloween and the traditions from then to now, and we talk about some of our Halloween traditions growing up. Have fun this Halloween season, everyone, and be safe. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have questions, comments, or just want to say hello, drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoy the show, please like, share, subscribe, and please leave a comment. It's one of the ways you can show your support for the show. New episodes are released on the second and last Sunday of each month at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find me on YouTube, Podbean, KPNL Digital Network on Thursday nights, and any place you find fine podcasts. Now, on with the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Paranormal Heart. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. No problem. Folks, we're doing something a little different this episode for the Halloween episode. Um, Justin and Eric are the amazing hosts of Paratruth Radio. I've known them for a couple of years. Well, no, more than a couple of years. Good grief. A few mm. years now. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, so we did an episode... I did an episode on their show, and now they're on my show. So it's kind of like a part one, part two, like Eric, Eric had explained on their show. But you don't have to watch one to listen or watch one. You don't have to listen to one to listen to the other. Uh, they're standalone episodes. We're just friends talking about Halloween and various topics for this time of year. So I do hope you check out Paratruth Radio with Justin and Eric. They have an amazing show that I've been listening to for many years and if you ever recall me talking about my very first Hatman experience and that I was listening to a podcast and that's when I found out that there were other people who had an uh, uh, encounters with the Hatman and the short one as well this is the show that I've been talking about for a few years Paratruth Radio with uh, Eric and Justin I feel like famous now yeah <laughs> well you are <laughs> uh we're like the the uh, B movie famous. Some <laughs> people know us, but they're like, "Where do I know you from? I don't even remember." <laughs> were, were, yeah, were you in that toilet stall next to me that I was taking a crap in the other day? <laughs> that was you. <laughs> Your voice sounds familiar. <laughs> well, at least you get that. I never get. I never even get that. Your voice sounds familiar. So you guys, your guys are really famous. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as we discussed earlier um, before recording, we're going to be talking about Halloween and how it originated. So it originated as uh, Samhain. It's a lot of people pronounce it Samhain, but it is a Celtic word. It's S-A-M-H-A-I-N, as you probably all know. But it's pronounced Samhain because it's, uh, it's Gaelic. So it's really hilarious that... Uh, in America or, or English language, we want to pronounce it as Samhain because Samhain is the original pronunciation. But, uh, you, you know, English speaking people, we want to completely slaughter the language of every other <laughs> uh, society before us. So it, it's when we started doing research on this, it, it, 
we got Sam Hain from, of course, Supernatural, and yeah. they called it Sam Hain. Uh, it was actually a demon uh, for Halloween. But when we did the research and saw it's Samhain, it's like, yeah, I would have never noticed that that's how you're supposed to pronounce it. So interesting. I found out when I was uh, in my late teens that it was uh, pronounced Samhain because we used to have uh, a place in the town that I grew up in. It was a spiritual place. Uh, they're everywhere now. You could buy crystals. You could buy books on Wicca, like on, on anything that's not Christian or it's, it's just mainly, when it, well, you know, a spiritual shop. And um, it was a first of its kind in my town. So um, I used to go there and get books on Wicca and, and a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, you could get incense. And uh, that's when I first found out that, no, Sam Hain is not pronounced Sam Hain. And I'm like, what do you mean? That's how it's spelled. <laughs> right. And then it's like, no, it's Celtic. I'm like, oh, oh okay. The MH is silent. Yeah. It's pretty neat, like you said, how we, we tend to butcher other languages. Yeah. So I guess Samhain, um, it's really, the, the more that I, I read on it, especially recently, there's things about it that I didn't really know. Um, I already knew that um, it was for um, celebrating after the harvest, and I knew that uh, druids and pagans would dance. Well, the reason why they always associate witchcraft with um, with brooms is because the, the they would ride the brooms and try and jump as high as they possibly can t in hopes that they're going to have taller crops the next year. And um, but I didn't really realize that that was also a big celebration that the town would get together with a druid priest and they'd have a great big community fire and they they would use a wheel and that was. Um, th that would spark flames from it. And that was to represent the sun, apparently, which have you guys ever heard anything of that? No, that one's, it's new to me. I came across it in the research, too. Although it don't only thing is that it doesn't really tell us like in the research. I haven't seen why, you know, like that's the main thing that, that I have the problem with uh, when it comes to historical events uh, and peoples is that a lot of the things that we know of that they did. Um, they probably learned from word of mouth because I'm sure there's no real architectural, you know, anything left to to show that yeah. this is exactly what happened. Uh, but you know, it, it's it, it's it's still really interesting. Like I wonder, I wonder like why it represents the sun. Like what is the significance of the sun, and how did that like basically go along with their their faith and their prayers? Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Okay. okay. You know. Go, you go, know. Justin. You. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the sun represents life. And during the fall and winter solstices, the sun is starting to not be around as much. So they're trying to bring the sun back to bring life back to the world. Let's see. Let's see. Mm. Look at our smart little boy I over know. there. All, so all proud. All grown up. Book smart and stuff. That's why <laughs> I have him on this show. <laughs> <laughs> this show? <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm sent our show. Very truth. I have on, but you know what? I brought him here too to make us, you know, look a little, I guess, dumber in this case. My but, listeners you know. are very intelligent, so they already knew what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is we could just speak in clicks and they'll they'll, they'll get it right. <laughs> <laughs> so speak in Gaelic. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, I do have a lot of uh, listeners over in the UK uh, across the pond, so I'm sure some of them speak Gaelic. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was looking through an article from History.com for this. Did you know that there's monsters associated with Samhain? Yes, I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we may have talked about this before, Eric. I don't remember. Uh I think we brought up a couple of them, but uh, SIDS, which are fairy folk, um, the something that you've brought up to me recently, Eric, the Dulahan, mm -hmm. that's associated with Samhain, um, and we can definitely get more in depth with them. But they're impish creatures, usually headless, riding horses, and a death omen. Um, 
we've talked about the Puka, uh, which is a shape-shifting creature, and Lady Gwyn, which is a Not headless Pika. woman. Not Pika. That's short no. for Pikachu. We're talking about <laughs> right. the Puka. Puka. I thought you did say Puka. I did say Puka. I'm you just know. making sure that nobody misunderstood. That's why we have Justin here, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> At least so, that's why I have Justin here, because <laughs> I can't speak and he just, you know, I finishes trans- a sentence for a translator. Oh, you're, tre- you're speaking Eric. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's kind of cool. I mean, Eric and I are always uh, the the monster slash cryptid lovers compared to everything else in the paranormal. So that's kind of interesting. Something I found out too, uh, actually just today, um, did you know that it was a mandatory celebration for the entire town to um, have this big bonfire with their druid priest? Uh, we did. I mean, I didn't know. Um and I hate to to rabbit trail all of a sudden because I'm about to. Well, you always do, um, so it's expected. <laughs> I know, uh, but if you guys obviously you guys can't see what's happening here on screen. You know, we're all seeing each other. We're on video, um, and when you gave us that piece of information, you happen to pick up a binder. And do you have all your information in a binder or a uh, what's a spiral notebook? Well, we call, yeah, it's a little. I, I just I took some notes, and I made yeah. some notes about. Uh, Cat, it's, what? it's 2022. <laughs> You're I'm sitting in, in front of a computer. I'm in my mid-50s. I, I, I can't change. I can't change. Hey, that's how I started writing my books, because then I have a first draft. Oh, oh, and it I would be worth done. something someday, <laughs> if not already. <laughs> They're besides, not <laughs> besides, Eric... If the power yeah. goes out, and it does happen here, I still have my notes. Huh? Huh? But you can't do anything with them because the power is out and you can't share them. Well, what if it's daytime? <laughs> I can still see. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll slowly climb out of this rabbit hole and bring us back to the topic of Sawen. It's somewhere up there. It's somewhere, yeah. Going, going past all these teacups falling down on top of me, and there goes a white rabbit. So... It was also a six-day alcohol binge yeah. as well during these I'm in. Weeks. I'm in. Let's do this. <laughs> I mean, we're already doing it, so <laughs> we'll be going for six uh, days. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, six days. It was three days and three nights specifically. So does that really count as six days? Well, there's two separate things. There was three days and three nights of like actually just kind of... Uh, I don't understand the distinction, but they mentioned the three days and three nights of the mandatory celebration. But then they mm-hmm. talk about the six days of drinking and feasting. So I don't know if they so just kind of like things. extended the the party. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, Eric, we're going to your house to continue the party because the bar is closed. I don't right, know. Right, right, right. I mean, Halloween and Christmas, we celebrate month round. So, I mean, it, it does make sense to an extent. But yeah, yeah. You can't word it two different ways and then expect people to understand. Right. Well, was it three days and three nights, or was it six days? Especially where drinks have not involved. Right. Well, but also, I do want to mention this because reading this, you know, it's they're saying six days of excess, you know, various beers and meat and whatnot, um, and of course a ton of food, and it seems like we're talking about what we know of a day, which is twenty-four hours. Uh, but notice the distinction here. It says six days of drinking alcohol and food and all that um, compared to three days and three nights, which makes me think they might separate their days and nights from what is Could when be. the sun is up and when fall it, or you know nightfall, which would then suggest that all that drinking is at least, you know, it allows time for sobering up at the night. They do it all day. And the it nighttime, feels like they sober. Once you're done, 
It might feel like six full days after you're done. Three days and three nights, three and three is six. So maybe it just, you know, they're drunk That's and stupid. They just decided, hey, it's six days. That's, I mean, are we talking about <laughs> the uh, the Jews? Or are we talking about the people who wrote the articles we may be reading? <laughs> well, we don't know. They can, they can fix it. They can fix it in the this article. This is true. Saying, like, <laughs> they could both be six days or both be three days and three nights. They don't have to be two different things here. Because they now get conversations like this. <laughs> got the picture in my head of being back then. We're partying it up. We've got drinks. We've got food. And you wake up and you're like, dude, is it Tuesday? No, it's Friday, you idiot. We've been <laughs> drinking for the last three and a half days. <clears throat> that could be it. Yeah. It, it, Eric and I have talked about this, too, both on air and off air, how time has changed over the centuries because we didn't originally follow the Gregorian calendar. Mm -hmm. It was a completely different calendar until I think the, it was when the, the Catholic church started taking power is when they changed it. So it's way before me. So I don't know. Yeah. Way before. Contrary to popular belief. It's way before me, even though I claim I'm a vampire and all that living forever. I'm not supposed to be telling you guys that, though. Okay, Justin. Eric, what, what, what's he drinking? <laughs> it's something that's either really good or really bad. What, Blood. Uh, a is vampire. It, I'm thinking maybe there's fumes coming from his 3D printer that, that's affecting him. That could Completely be. Completely separate location. <laughs> maybe it's just like going through the floor. EMF goes through floors. So maybe it's like EMF. Hey. Mm. It would be completely different distances. Mm, How do we know that? Because I'm telling you, it's not in my house. But I haven't been inhaling quite a few fumes, so it's a very good possibility. I like how he argues our po his point <laughs> against us. And says, but you might be right. It might be fumes. I've been inhaling a lot. How many that's times just, that's just Justin being day. Justin, having to be <laughs> right about freaking everything. You go down the rabbit hole and then Justin has to be right. <laughs> I go down the rabbit hole. He has to pull me back up. Yeah. That's how it works. That's what's happening. Eric, 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 shut up. It's this. No, you're probably. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> something that I found interesting, too, about the... Um, the ancient Samhain was uh, not only was it a mandatory celebration that if you did not attend, um, that, that really was not a good thing for you and the town because they feared that the gods would strike you and the rest of the town with uh, illness, uh, disease for the crops and everything. And something else that I found really interesting, too, was the communal bonfire that they had with the Druid priest, they would take that and bring it to their homes afterwards. And that's what they would start their, their hearths with to show the, the new, the new year type thing. I didn't actually know that. Well, I mean, look at all the other societies in, in history though, too, that thought it was a bad omen to do certain things. Yep. Um, I, I mean, it makes sense to me just because a, a lot of societies it, whatever festival they were having for for good crops come spring, you know, the following year, it was a bad omen to not do certain things. Yep. Eric, anything to add to that? No, I mean, I didn't know it either. Um, so that was definitely new information for me as well. <clears throat> but, you know, there's something about like these, um, th these old holidays that just have a certain feel to them, you know, like it's, it's a missed time and something that I, I, I personally wish still kind of existed today, you know, mm, yeah. uh, just over the last three years, four years, uh, I started doing bonfires regularly on Halloween night. Bonfires are a very big traditional thing, uh, to help ward off evil spirits or to uh help celebrate the dead uh and the spirits that are supposedly between the veil that night and there's something you know like i've had i have bonfires i've had a couple already this year i'll have plenty more up and through winter um but there's something about having a fire on halloween night and just looking at the stars and feeling that atmosphere you know that spirit um that always happens to exist uh, around Halloween and it's it's I wish that kind of stuff was just around more kind of like because uh, the veil is supposed to be thinner so it's almost like you're um, 
having more of a connection on that particular night from what they used to do in the past. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just a completely different feeling, you know, um, no matter where you're at, though. It's, it's one of those things where you could be in the middle of Mother Nature. You could be at home, whatever it is. Uh, if you just stop and listen, to me, it's just a f- different frequency. And, and that I, I don't know, that could just be, you know, a sensitive thing or something that I just grew to appreciate and have kind of created myself. Uh, but either way, it's it's something that I definitely enjoy every year. Which brings us into Dumb Supper. Oh, I was just thinking of, are we looking at the same, did we look at the same website? (laughs) Probably history.com. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wait, did uh, you say, what was it called? Dumb Supper. It is Dumb Supper. Okay. For, (laughs) I'm not going to, okay, look, you guys, you guys know I might see things differently than other people. And sometimes (laughs) it's it's almost always negative uh, as part of my OCD. What did you understand? He said. All I heard was, he, he started to, to speak exactly like right after me. I thought he's trying to like share, like add on to it or something. And he started with also there's dumb. And all I heard was dumb, <laughs> dumb, dumb, dumb. I was like, what the frick, man? <laughs> I know you call me out on air, but like that? Like, come on. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's an actual thing, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think we've covered this, and and it, so that's new to me. Uh, it's just the term. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. I, it doesn't explain why it's called dumb supper, but uh, began during this the time of, of Samhain, in which food was consumed by celebrants, but only after inviting ancestors to join, giving the families a chance to interact with the spirits until they left the following left following dinner. Uh, children would play games to entertain the dead while adults would update the dead on the past year's news. But that night, doors and windows might be left open for the dead to come in and eat cakes that have been left for them. I'm wondering if, as soon as I, I saw the words dumb supper, I was thinking of having empty plates out, or not, not necessarily empty plates, just plates with food that you know physical people are not going to go to eat but i don't know why they they call it dumb suppers right i mean again an, something that transcends cultures so many cultures mm-hmm. used this particular practice to leave food for the gods yep. for for ancestors whatever An offering uh yeah and, and it's just gonna taste it's in today's society, we waste everything, so we must be really giving the the gods and, and the ancestors some some cool stuff. Yeah, no kidding. I wonder if we butchered this word too, and we, maybe we just call it dumb supper, and it's just it's actually called something else. Uh, it, there's probably a better term. The dumb supper is probably a lost in translation thing. I'm guessing. Well, okay, so there's actually just a small thing that I found uh, on GourmetWitch.org. And I'm not saying that this is necessarily entirely true, but it actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, So the dumb supper during those times is a dinner where the participants remain thoroughly silent throughout the entire night of eating. Wow. That does make sense because they used to call people that were mutes dumb right that's yeah. so it just yeah the terms changed i wonder if it has something to you you've probably heard of dumb waiters in buildings mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know and that's entirely possible because there are you're right those those waiters that just their job is to bring drinks and hors d'oeuvres and food drop it off and go you know you see that a lot in movies actually you know these big fancy parties where you just have these people walking around holding uh you know, trays of champagne or, uh, you know, little hors d'oeuvres and stuff. They don't say a word. People just take and they disappear and then they come back with more. That too. But I was thinking more of the dumb waiters where it's like a little, um, it's like a little elevator. You put the food in it and you push a button or you pull a rope oh, and you bring literally it. literally a dumb yes. waiter. Yeah. Well, that's good too. Well, <laughs> that could be where the term came from. Yeah. Say it's it's still something that's bringing Silence. food, uh, and, and yeah, right. Hmm, that's interesting. Have to look more into that that word and see 
how these things originated. Like, I remember I was dumbfounded. Oh, dumbfounded. Yeah, I was dumbfounded. (laughs) Okay. I literally was dumbfounded when I found out several years ago, you know, when you say it's pitch black. Didn't know pitch was actual a th- an actual thing that they would put on ships, and it was black, mm-hmm. like a thick tar. So I, I, it's it's interesting how words evolve. It is, and, and you know, I don't know why they're. I mean, I have an idea of why they evolve and change and stuff. Um, you know, but I think the majority of it is there's as time goes on. Uh, whoever makes the decisions as to how to change these, you know, words, um, they tend to see more appropriate definitions that may be broader overall through, you know, to help prevent language barriers and stuff like that. Uh, so I think the majority of the world understands dumb the way that we think of dumb today, uh, which is more or less a children's insult, um, nowadays. Uh, so, I think that is certainly one possibility. Otherwise, it's just another, I don't know, maybe dumb in one language is different in another. And they wanted to, whoever, you know, wanted to change that for one reason or another. Yeah, I used to know someone uh, from uh, South Korea and I said something about, uh, I think the word was but, like you're, that you sit on. And he kind of laughed and I said, oh, what are you laughing at? And he says, that means, or was it the other way around? Um, oh, no, that's that's what it was. I told him that a friend of mine wanted to be a model. And he laughed. I said, what's so funny? He says, model in Korean means your backside. And I was like, really? <laughs> so, yeah, it pronounced just slightly different, obviously, but right. it's it just, uh, it, it could be a case like that. If memory serves, that's how the conversation went. So anyone listening to this who actually speaks Korean, my apologies if I got it totally wrong. <laughs> we apologize. Good cover. Good cover. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in mid-50s, sometimes the brain doesn't uh, doesn't work as it used to. Maybe I didn't even have that conversation. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now you're stretching. In 40s and late 30s, it's the same way. So don't feel bad. It gets worse. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, the fun starts. <laughs> so it's neat, too, uh, since we're both on the same uh, same uh, website, it's neat how the Christian Samhain, they started, they tried to put a kibosh on celebrating that pagan celebration and tried to change the date from October 31st and November 1st to May 13th and and call it a fire festival in October instead of calling it Samhain. It was a fire festival. But that that didn't, uh, I don't think that lasted very long. No. And and I I mean, looking throughout history, the the Catholic Church specifically, because that was the the pivotal thing for for Christianity way back when was trying to bring all of the the what they would call heathens back then into the fold I I mean it goes along with Christmas too mm-hmm. uh, they believed Jesus Christ was born in August or September but they moved his birthday to December twenty fifth to in of the um, pagans to to worship because that is the winter solstice er- mm-hmm. time. So yeah, and all the old gods, how they uh, they kind of change them into saints. Yeah, I mean, uh, and this is obviously, of course, the case with any religion yeah. that kind of starts wearing its face is dominating religion yeah you know and uh, you know christianity is currently the the most dominating um it is the most popular the holy bible being the highest grossing book of all time that has not changed in years um you know in regardless of whether uh, what one person believes or what might be true might not be true. Uh, you're always seeing this throughout history, how one religion comes in, dominates another, spreads, dominates another, spreads. And then a new religion is born, comes through and wipes that one out. It's just a constant battle. And that's what we're seeing even today in the religious world is, you know, we, we obviously have 
you know, a lot of people, especially in our community, uh, who are all about coexistence. And we see those stickers, you know, on the back of like bumper stickers on cars all the time uh, is this idea of coexisting. But religion just typically, and I say that typically because I'm not speaking of every denomination or every church or whatever of any faith, because most churches have their own version of things um, or their way of doing stuff. And, you know, today, though, we just don't really see the coexistence of religion everybody's against each other. I'm seeing stuff about Muslims killing Christians, uh, you know, out in some, some Muslim States, uh, overseas. And then I see Christians who are belittling people because of their beliefs or the way they dress or how they, uh, you know, um, how they claim themselves to be, you know, whatever, whoever, or whatever they, they want to be, you know, they're being belittled. So it's just, it goes, it's across the board, you know, and there are much smaller religions that don't have a say one way or another. They just kind of sit in the corner with their knees up to their chest, watching as these other battles are happening. And hope that they won't be uh, noticed. Yeah. Well, you know what? And like, that's what's still very interesting. Now, every countries are banning books like crazy, especially as of late, ever since the whole thing with Dr. Seuss, it's just been, okay, we're going to ban this and this and this and this and this and this. Um, With that said, there are plenty of areas in China that still uh, consider the Holy Bible illegal to possess uh, when you're, if you're in China, whether you live there or you're passing through, uh, you can be arrested for bringing an illegal banned book into the country. Uh, and we're seeing that throughout, especially the Western uh, continents. Uh, I'm sorry, Eastern continents. So, you know, and, and there, I'm sure there's plenty of reason why a lot of them are still very much still like kind of old living. You know, they they still have the same uh, beliefs of doing things, both in terms of their religious practices, but also just in everyday life. Whereas people on the West, especially the states side uh, or all of North America, I mean, uh, is that we kind of develop and I don't know, I guess, evolve our way of thinking to, to, to help believe in everybody and care for everybody. I just find it very interesting how you can look at Halloween today and when you look back, how it actually used to be more of a religious holiday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And depending on, you know, what your beliefs are, there's still plenty of people who treat it as a religious oh, holiday. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, Wiccans, they they use this holiday regularly, witches in general. Uh, you know, I know there's this, like, this big thing where, oh, all Wiccans are witches and all witches are Wiccans. That's not the case. Right. Uh, there are Wiccans right. who are not witches. There are witches who are not Wiccan. Uh, and I actually follow several witches on YouTube who share their craft and talk about their beliefs. They're all different. None of them even considered Wiccan. Uh, so it's it's a really odd thing. But again, that's a lot of pop culture, you know, just movies and books that share spread lies, really, to sell to to make money. Yeah, we have um, a shop here in town called Brimstone and Belladonna. Uh, again, one of those spiritualist shops. You can buy uh, your herbs, your crystals, and it's run by a couple of uh, Wiccans. Uh, they're amazing, amazing ladies. So welcoming when you walk into the shop. It has such a great feel to it. And, uh, oh, yeah, they keep saying, uh, you know, on their social media, happy witchy season, you know, things like that. <laughs> um, but And every time I go in this time of year, I always say, hey, happy Samhain, ladies, you know, any special celebrations that you guys are doing. And it's just neat to, to hear how they celebrate Halloween. Oh, for sure. Pop quiz. Do you know what brimstone is? Oh, it has something to do with hell, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, yes, and no. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> something mean, about burning, something about burning, but I don't remember. It's something about burning, yeah. So, I mean, brimstone, yes, it is mentioned throughout the Bible like crazy and does yeah. talk a lot about the hells, uh, the fires of hell and whatnot. Uh, brimstone in alchemy, and that is just throughout history, uh, brimstone is actually just another representation of or word for sulfur 
Ah. Yeah. So it was, it, it had always pretty much been software. And then in Alchemy, they decided to adapt the term brimstone uh, and they kind of use it interchangeably. So nowadays, when you see brimstone, you know, it's just this yellow powder that smells really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Rotten that's eggs. Stone, Rotten that's eggs. what I call it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I have... But brimstone does sound cooler. It does. Yeah. It does. Can you imagine sulfur and belladonna? No, 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 no. Brimstone and belladonna. <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting because I, I, I have heard them kind of use synonymously, but at the same time, people use them separately too. Right. Well, yeah, and and I was saying this actually on our episode uh, earlier uh, when we recorded was that uh, when you look at the Leviathan Cross, the Leviathan Cross. Um, was actually the initial uh, ancient alchemist symbol for sulfur and was also considered this symbol for brimstone. They were used interchangeably, and it wasn't until um, the Satanic Church adopted it. I already forgot his name. I know we talked about it on our episode. Uh, who established Anton it? Anton LaVey. Anton LaVey. He adopted the sulfuric symbol or the Leviathan cross uh, to represent Satan and Leviathan, uh, which was often in the Bible or is often in the Bible communicated as being a version of Satan, this giant serpent like creature. So yeah, uh, you know, it all kind of ties in and it's really interesting. And folks, if you want to learn more about that, you'll have to tune into the Halloween episode of Paratruth radio, where we discuss that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to get on to the um, carving of the pumpkin. I remember several years ago, I met this uh, on social media, this uh, lady from Scotland. And um, it was just before Halloween. And she says, oh, uh, my kids were just we at the time. So were hers. And she asked, oh, what are your kids going to be dressing up as for Halloween? And I told her, I don't remember what it was, but I do remember she says, oh, we're all going as nips. And I'm like, excuse me? (laughs) Like, you're going as what? And she says, nips. I'm like, what, what, what is that? And she says, turnips. I'm like, why would you guys dress up as turnips? And that's when I found out that carving of the jack-o'-lanterns, they used to curve turnips. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until it came to America that it turned into the pumpkin. And do you know why it turned into the pumpkin? Easier to grow? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, actually, believe it or not, oh, the, yeah. the pumpkin is, is only native to the Americas. Uh, they don't oh. exist uh, across seas. At least they didn't. I'm sure there's people planting them there now. Uh, but because they were native, people started to realize they could draw bigger faces and possibly ward off more evil uh, by using these bigger items that were easy, very easy to hollow out. Because yeah. they were already hollow things, and they were big. I have a hard time cutting a turnip for dinner, let alone carving one. <laughs> like, really? They, they, uh, they must have had some pretty sharp tools back then to be able to carve turnip. <laughs> yeah, and going door to door, I find, is, is pretty interesting, too, because they would the kids would sing songs to the dead, and they would get cakes as payment, because if the townsfolk didn't know... The, ch- the the children would be costumed if the, the the person that whose house they went to if they couldn't tell what neighborhood kid it was then they'd give them cakes as a like oh well done great costume and that's kind of neat how the that kind of evolved into us getting all this junk food now mm-hmm. mm. kind of evolved the thing for singing Christmas carols too mm-hmm. something we should bring back for Christmas though is telling ghost stories. Agreed. <laughs> we did an episode on it, actually. Yep, I remember. Mm-hmm. Years ago. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Actually, uh, there's a lot more people talking about that now, so maybe the tradition will come back. You or, never know. Or they heard Paratruth Radio, and they're like, you know what? Paratruth Radio is right. That's we probably where it was. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that has to be what it was. <laughs> Silly Justin. We know that's true. We know it's true. <laughs> Silly, Justin. Tricks are for kids. <laughs> Why do I all of a sudden see you big, with big rabbit ears? <laughs> that's our mascot. Oh, that's Happy right. That. Totally forgot. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, is that why that's your mascot? Because you really like tricks and you had to put like a paranormal look to them? No, because we rabbit trail all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. We do rabbit trail. That's, that's why that we got our true. cool little mascot. This is very true. We, just, we jump all around. Sometimes it's paranormal and sometimes people turn us off because they're like, this isn't paranormal. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're done talking about ghosts. Fine. No, we're done. We're done. done. Um, <laughs> so regarding the... So jack-o'-lanterns, I mean, you, you had learned that they were uh, once originally turnips. Um, and being that the jack-o'-lantern is American, the American jack-o'-lantern, or is at least of the North America, uh, it is uh, – it basically has its own story. Like America has its own story about the jack-o'-lantern. Um, I don't know if can- – does Canada have their own story or do they follow maybe the American story or anything like that that you know of? I'm pretty do you sure know the story? I'm pretty sure we follow the American story and I can't remember what the story is. So please enlighten me. Okay, so I mean, I'll, I'm going to keep it pretty short. So I'm just going to kind of give the synopsis here. But uh, basically, there's a guy, a man named Jack. Uh, he found himself after he died. He found himself barred from both heaven and from hell. Uh, but the devil took pity on Jack, giving him an ember of coal to light his turnip lantern as he wandered between both places for eternity. And that is what really inspired the name Jack of the Lantern or Jack o' Lantern. Because of this guy named Jack who ended yes. up with a lantern. I had found that story out a few years ago when I had uh, the crypto guru on for my Halloween episode, Ron Murphy, and he he mentioned that, and I didn't know. I didn't know the story about Jack at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So hey, you know what? And they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I know, right? <laughs> you can you can teach me new tricks i just forget <laughs> yeah your listeners are gonna be like oh this dude's an asshole i'm not gonna listen to their, their <laughs> podcast person, Eric. You're a person. <laughs> it's it's fun and games you've known each other for years I know. i'm just joking <laughs> yes and i go to cry after this God. oh thanks <laughs> no <I'm kidding. laughs> i thought you were my friend trying to help me make it better but no she just throws at me under the bus more <laughs> no I love you guys. Yeah, we've, I don't even know how many years we've known each other, but we always jab insults at each other, jokingly, and kibitz, you know, it's all in fun. So do not send Eric hate mail. <laughs> please, please don't. And if you do, make it really, 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 really good. Well, maybe you want hate mail. Would that be the only mail that you get? Oh. <laughs> I mean, any any publicity is good publicity. It's good publicity. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will admit that every, you know, pretty much any guest that comes in through our uh, our Gmail account is always directed toward Justin. But that's because he's the one who does all the work on that side of producing, <laughs> uh, <laughs> bringing in guests. Minus one that I reached out to myself today. Actually, say, Eric, Eric did find one in Salem. So, yeah. That's... Oh, nice. I found somebody in Salem. I talked to him for a while and I was like, would you be interested in coming on? You know, and he's like, yeah. Welcome. So it's pretty cool. It'll be a fun episode. It's actually uh, so when I was there, uh, one thing we didn't talk about on my on our show was that I stopped by the Ouija Muse- Museum of Salem. Uh, this guy named John, he has been collecting Ouija boards since the 90s, and he decided to open up his own museum. And it dates everything from the earliest of Ouija boards. Uh, Ouija boards. I keep saying Ouija because it's actually pronounced Ouija, not Ouija. Right. Like how we do it. Yeah. And so now I'm trying to say Ouija and screwing up the words after that. Um, <laughs> but he the has. Ouija. Yeah, he has uh, the, <laughs> you know, the, encased in glass most of them uh ouija boards from the very beginning when they were first produced all the way to modern time and of course all the things in between like pop culture movies books uh things that were inspired by it uh his collection was incredible and his knowledge uh in in the ouija is it blew me away so it's like we got it we gotta add this guy on well that's interesting i can't wait to hear that one I think it'll be a fun one. He's a talker. You know how we on Parachute like talkers? Yes. It's a good thing. I do yeah, I'm sure you do too, yeah. Pat. It's funny. I'll have so. a guest after we hit, after we, we stop recording. I'm really sorry. I didn't give you a chance to talk. I just rambled on. I'm like, no, <laughs> this is why, like, this that's, is good. People don't want to hear me. They want to hear you. Like, yeah. 
Mm. Oh, for sure. You know, we've we've had guests on our episode that are just like we ask a question, we get like two or three word response and then just silence. And that's pretty bad. You can go down and make yourself a sandwich and come back and they're still talking. We love those. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like, just forget I'm here. Share everything. So I have to know, when you guys were, were kids, what did you dress up? Like, we're, we're going to get it more into the more modern Halloween now. What did you guys used to dress up as as kids? Well, if you haven't seen the classic Pear Truth Eric Justin picture on social media, um, Eric was dressed as a devil. I was dressed as a pirate. Um, it it kind of just depended from year to year for me. Um, my my mom used to do some of my costumes. I went as the Wolfman one year. That's cool. Um, Dracula, uh, you know, all the classics. Um, uh, you know, as I got older, it it evolved. Um, the the one year when I was living in New Jersey uh, after my di- my divorce. I or actually, it was, no, it was before my divorce. Uh, I was we had decorated for Halloween, put out dummies with costumes on. Uh, one of them was Frankenstein. And I um, sat out there just lifeless and my hands got so cold, it felt like a corpse. That and then the year before I had dressed up as the Grim Reaper with a bleeding chest, scared the living crap out of the next door neighbor kid. And he ran from our porch all the way back to his house next door. By far my favorite Halloween ever because the kid was a little jerk. (laughs) Wouldn't it be funny if he was listening now and he's like, you're that guy? He's actually now in the military. Oh, oh, oh. so he has access to weapons too. That's great. Probably, probably special ops. So you don't, you don't even know what's happening. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, but it it kind of evolved for me. I'm sure it's the same for Eric. But yeah, I mean, it, I mean, obviously, yeah. You know, when I was really little, I didn't dress myself. I didn't know how to. You know, so. I was basically whatever my parents let me be at the time. Every uh, day you didn't know how to dress yourself or just for Halloween? I mean, I was a child. <laughs> we have just talked about his intelligence and how I bring everything. <laughs> to the- <laughs> oh, screw you, Justin. Uh. For those of you who don't know, there is a reason why the original uh, Night Stalkers broke up and eventually became Parachutes. <laughs> totally kidding. Justin was a, was a jerk to Eric. <laughs> Which is why I'm a jerk to everybody else. <laughs> oh, and folks, for those of you who don't know, Justin and Eric are family. We are. Uh, they yeah. are blood. Yeah. yeah. It's sad. It's harder to kick him away. Blood and... Uh, it's yeah. kind of an interesting thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so for my costumes, though, like, I mean, I've been everything from like the Terminator with the glowing red eye uh, to the Riddler, vampires, cool. werewolves, so on and so forth. Uh, I always try to go scary. I always like scary. But there is one costume uh, of all the years I've been doing. So I've dressed up almost every single year for probably the last 36 years um and the best costume was a velociraptor it was handmade full suit had a huge long raptor tail on it had the stripes the color in the eyes and the hood was this giant head of the raptor it was uh handmade by uh my late aunt uh lenore uh and I know it's still around in the trunk at my parents' house somewhere, but it was by far my favorite costume because I loved, 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 loved dinosaurs growing up. Me too. Um, I, you know, I had my whole room. I mean, you, well, you can't really see anymore because it's dark back there, but there's these shelves in, in my studio right now. And the shelves that I currently have like Funko Pops on mm. used to just be a whole line of dinosaurs. And then I used to have like dinosaurs, you know, on the nightstand and under the nightstand and big boxes. Uh, I loved them. So, yeah, that was the best costume by far. Um, 
in terms of at least scaring somebody, I do have one story as well, which I also in is very dear to my heart. Uh, I dressed up as a werewolf one year, just the mask and, you know, the typical like plaid shirt and jeans, mm-hmm. you know, and I was sitting in a chair, just lifeless. And this girl, I don't know how old she was. She's probably like 15, probably uh, 15, 16. She comes up and she's hesitant. And she knows, like she knows, I'm not a dummy. I mean, not that well. kind of dummy. You know, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm you know, I'm not fake. Um, <laughs> so she, you know, she she like keeps mentioning it to my dad, who's passing out the candy, and she's telling him, "No, he's he's real." And like she slowly leans in and pokes my leg, and she's like, "Yeah, I knew it. He's real." And then everybody just kind of chuckled and it went silent. And then I jumped up <laughs> and she like screamed at the, you know, as loud as she could booked down to the end of the driveway. As I like, I chased her halfway, <laughs> turned around, slowly started walking back. And when she got to the end of the driveway, she, she had to like, try to, you know, push me a little. And she's like, you would never catch me, Mr. Werewolf. <laughs> so I turned around and I chased her literally <laughs> a, you know, a good 300 feet down the street. She just fucking screaming the other way <laughs> as this werewolf is chasing her. It was, it was worthwhile. That was, yeah. I hope she has nightmares still. <laughs> she probably does. That jerk. Yeah. Poking me in the leg. I didn't give her permission to touch me. <laughs> now, what would have been awesome <laughs> is if you would have been like, and we've been together to this very day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, geez. <laughs> it never ceases to amaze me how, because I've done haunted houses before where I was a costume actor. I, I did it for a couple of years in Alberta, and I did it at uh, the college here. Uh, they had haunted halls. And it never ceases to amaze me how people know that they'll, you, you open the doors, they go in, they know things are going to be scary, but they know nothing's going to hurt you. These are just people in costumes how many times have I seen it? They open the door, they take a step in, they go, nope, and they leave. It, it just amazes me. It's you know, it's like that anticipation. You know, the, the people are jumpy and they're yeah. always, you know, going to be jumpy, myself included. Although over the I haven't been to a, to a haunted house probably in a good four years at least. Um, but I kind of I make my way through pretty easily. Because I, you know, I'm one of those who do understand there's going to be jump scares, and you can kind of figure it out after going for so, you know, so many haunted houses. Yeah. Like, okay, there's the darkest corner. It's probably where they are. I also have this thing when I walk through, I just, I disengage, like, I completely just, I'm gone as soon as I step into it, just to, just to not get scared. Because I know I could get scared if I allowed my mind to wander and wait for it. Yeah. All that anticipation, uh, but I clock out. And I will just, I'll walk in and I'm like, I'm there, I'm seeing everything. Um, but emotionally, mentally, I'm just like, there's ponies and unicorns <laughs> flying outside, you know, and have this little musical happening. But and it doesn't scare me. This one year I went through an entire haunted house, completely fearless, not a problem whatsoever. Had to drag my sisters out who are kicking and screaming. I walk over to the exit and there's this little... This little rail, like it's a like a little tiny bridge over some extension cords. I step on it. I turn around to like we like because they all stop like, hey, you guys coming? And the entire thing just drops to the floor. Only about two inches. <laughs> but two inches when you're unaware, yeah. Like that's a far distance. And then you hit a loud as the uh ex- you know the uh hydraulics disengage. My heart jumped into my mouth and I was, I, I got scared. Like really. Did you scream like a six year old girl? I did not, but I was like, oh my God. I just went through. I was there for that. It, that was the seven layers of hell. Yeah, it was. Yes. It was the seven <laughs> layers of hell. And that seventh layer got me with a damn bridge that dropped two inches. I made it through the rest. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I really wish we had haunted houses here like we did when I was in Alberta. That 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 guy, uh, Mike, who who was the sick, intelligent brains behind the 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 haunted house. He had the amazing animatronics and fog machines, and mm-hmm. uh, he would put plexiglass over bridges or because we were um, in a 
old uh, early 1900 um, uh, hotel. So it, the the place was gutted. There was just no wires, no plumbing or anything. It's just gutted. It, it was an amazing building. And so some of the floors had holes in them. So what he did, he put plexiglass there. So people would be walking and all of a sudden they'd be like, oh my God, there's a hole. And he would have something underneath like a werewolf or something uh, and you, that's angled up. So when you look down, you think it's coming at you, you know, with fog uh, and lights. Yeah. And, I, and he was brilliant. That's really cool. Yeah, it mm. really was. It was the best haunted house that I've ever seen. That Yeah, I've been to a lot, you know, and I, you know, I was in L.A. a couple of years ago and I was there for Halloween specifically. Uh, my sister lives in L.A. So I was out there with her and she lives in North Hollywood. So this is where a lot of the stars live, like mm -hmm. right around the corner, Steve Carell from her house. Oh, Demi wow. Lovato used to live a block over. Um, but Halloween there is just crazy because a lot of the people that live around her are um, art department people. These are mm -hmm. people who create monster costumes uh, and they bring their costumes in the place side, you know, these giant suits of all these various creatures from movies and whatnot. Uh, and it's really cool. And like some of these people have fire blowing up behind them and it's just like there's pyrotechnics and all this crazy jazz because, you know, everyone over in that area is like a millionaire. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty exciting, but it's, it's crazy. Like there are so many people even walking in the street, like it's just a crowd. Uh, so that was, that's not a good thing, but the rest. <laughs> that would be amazing to check, see. You check out a Los Angeles, or I should say a Hollywood Halloween. Ooh, just came up with a movie name. I, would, I was thinking the Hollywood the Halloween. Hey, yeah. <laughs> make make the movie. Yep. Come up to the to, Ottawa Valley. Is, I have to because this is the second time I put something out on air just tonight. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm really disappointed that both are taken. <laughs> so that just means that you and Justin have to come up to Canada to the Ottawa Valley and we'll have to make a movie. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yep. Yeah. What's your favorite candy? Oh, um, that's a that's a hard one. Uh, I Halloween love candy. Can I mean, well, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to explain um, things to you sometimes. So <laughs> that's that touche. That's fair. Uh, well, I would have to say my favorite candy is it, it's between two of them. Because I, I actually prefer like the fruity flavored candies over chocolate, but mm. chocolate is just so Halloween, you know, so there's always that one. Uh, so for the fruity candies, I would have to say that I, I'm, I'm very particular toward things like uh, either just good old fashioned Skittles or maybe a pack of sprees because I don't get those very often. Even bottle caps, those are like classics that I don't get a lot. Um, as for chocolate, Milky Way or Three Musketeers hands down uh, which are really just the same item just one has caramel and the other doesn't but the texture's different you know it is <laughs> justin what about you um so i know i'm gonna sound like an old man because i i loved these as a kid even i uh, they're i don't even know what the hell they're called but um they're the toffee like candies that are have like peanut butter in them or taste like peanut butter. Um, they're just basically oh. wrapped in wax paper. They're not the, they're but, not the dad, the daddies, like the big daddies or the baby daddies or whatever oh, they're called. No, no, yeah, no, okay. these are just kind of like, the, kinda like Halloween, kind of like Halloween kisses, but they're not. Right. Yeah. They're, they're toffee. They're usually wrapped in orange or black wax yep. paper. Um, and they, they, they have peanut butter in them and those were by far always my favorite to get. Um, and I know everybody thought I was an old man loving those as a kid, but I love those. Um, recently, um, meeting my wife, I've come to appreciate candy corn cause she loves candy corn. I love candy um, corn. I, I never did really care for it, but being with Shelly for as long as I have, I've, I've come to appreciate candy corn. Those two by far. Um, overall, Kit Kat is my all-time favorite candy bar. And, of course, you've always got the candy bars given out during Halloween. Yep. But 
as a kid and even now I, I always loved um oh my god I can't remember what they're called now I can oh jeepers they're kind of like a chocolate toffee oh my god what are they called and they're individually wrapped I can't Tootsie remember rolls? yes thank you Tootsie Rolls. See, I'm getting old. I can't remember <laughs> young whippersnippers. <laughs> Tootsie Rolls. Thank you. I might edit that part out. <laughs> no, you, don't you dare. No. I, <laughs> I was not thinking Tootsie Roll. I thought it's some like intricate, like Canadian thing that I would never know of. No, but it's, it's a Tootsie freaking Roll. Tootsie Roll. I love Tootsie Roll. <laughs> Even when the kids would go, when they were small, they'd go trick-or-treating. They'd... Um, I used to find this so sweet. They'd pull all their candy together and they'd separate it. So whatever my daughter didn't like and my son liked, she'd give and vice versa. They would always save the Tootsie Rolls for me. And I was just like, oh, and, and then candy oh. corn. Yeah, I love candy corn. And candy then, corn is good. And marshmallow, chocolate covered marshmallow. Those those little uh, like witch brooms uh, suckers. Oh, love those. Mm. We have a very horrible story from our family with Tootsie Rolls. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> do care to share justin yeah. keep the names private though or change oh, the yeah. names entirely our our cousins uh older brother and a younger brother the younger brother decides to take some of his poop <laughs> roll it like a tootsie roll put it into a candy wrapper put them in the freezer to make them hard and give them to his brother <laughs> As a Tootsie Roll, and apparently it was a very horrible situation. <laughs> the best, <laughs> you know, yeah, when you hear it, you think it's a joke. But when, you know, the youngest brother or our cousin in this case was telling us, uh, we then clarified uh, and checked his facts with his older brother who ate it. And he confirmed that, yes, it, oh, it happened. No. So... <laughs> It's a true story, folks. Oh, that's oh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm tearing. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. Oh, so please be careful eating Tootsie Rolls this <laughs> Halloween season. You just ruined my Tootsie Roll experience. Thank you, yeah. Justin. Thank and, you. And, and for the rest of you sick people, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Now my kids are uh, 19 and 21. When they give me, <laughs> when they give me Tootsie Rolls, I'm going to be double checking them. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. Okay. Doesn't doesn't smell like it. Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> Note you, to self: You take a bite send, first. <laughs> send Kat an entire package of poo rolls. <laughs> poo rolls. Yeah. Make sure you you mix sugar in there. T- Mass. <laughs> you know what? We'll, 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 we'll do it in off brand. Instead of the Tootsie Roll, we'll call it the Pootsie Roll. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you get Lordy. Those at the dollar store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think on that note, we're going to call it. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for being my special guest for this Halloween episode. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Yeah, and for sure. This is fun. And as always, can you tell everyone where they can find your show? Go ahead, Eric. All right. You can find us at paratruth.com. That is the surefire way to uh, check us out, learn about us, listen to shows, and, of course, reach out to us uh, if you'd like to talk at all. Uh, you can also find us on social media at Paratruth. Uh, is it just Paratruth or is it Paratruth Radio still? Uh, it's paratruth.com. No, I meant our, our – uh, <laughs> Our handles, our social media <laughs> oh, handles. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, all of our, yeah, all of our handles, I believe, are Paratruth Radio. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So on just, any social media is, yeah. Yeah, all of our social media is, social media is uh, Paratruth Radio. And, of course, you can find us anywhere uh, podcasts can be found. You can literally just Google Paratruth. You'll find us right at the top of the page. And, of course, you guys know what's coming. The links are going to be attached to the show notes, so it'll be easier for you guys to find them. Thanks again. Awesome. Happy Halloween, stay spooky, and watch those Tootsie Rolls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments... Just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. 
I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants 